At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay with a haircut and a button down on a Monday morning. How you doing, Jeff? All dolled up for this morning. How you oh, doing? Oh, I needed good? a haircut for a while, but <laughs> I look, yeah. the simplest solutions in life are sometimes when you are not fully awake and you get frustrated with not being able to find things. And here you go. I got a nice shirt on because of it. There you go. All right. Uh, on the show today, JVT, we'll ask him about his Super Bowl thoughts, some basketball thoughts as well. Wes Reynolds, we'll talk football with him as well. But get some college basketball and golf thoughts from him. Chris, uh, golf thoughts from him, rather. And Christy Andrews from the South Point. How the weekend went. Did they have ridiculous back and forth action? The big bets they took. What he expects for for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Fifty Six between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Just like you had it with the Bengals in a six and a half game season win total, six and a half win season win total uh, prior to the season. Uh, where do we begin, Jeff? Let's begin with the first one yesterday. The Bengals come from way back, way back, and defeat the Bengals, or excuse me, defeat the Chiefs 27 to 24. Bengals trailed in this game 21 to 3. We'll do it like we did last week, blow by blow. We'll get the reaction, we'll get all the thoughts going. First of all, Chiefs. First drive of the game, third and one at their own 47. Scoreless ball game, 10.59 left in the first quarter. Michael Burton clearly gets the first down on a rush. Officials incredibly rule him short. Andy Reid calls a timeout, only occurring to the Chiefs that it might have been a first down after Reid called a timeout to contemplate the quote-unquote fourth down play. Challenge successful, but timeout needlessly burned. File that away. Jeff is already shaking his head. That, that's where this that's where this drama begins, Jeff. File that one away. By the way, the Bengals lose C.J. Uzoma in the process. As I said, the Chiefs go up 21-3. to It's a rout. It's a rout. Yeah, that timeout didn't matter. It's a rout, 21-3. But the Bengals score on a burrow to Samaje Pirine, 41-yarder with 115 left in the first half. And you're like, all right, 21 to 10, but plenty of time for Patrick Mahomes, for goodness sakes. We saw him go 44 yards in 10 seconds last week. That's no problem. And sure enough, the Chiefs matriculate the ball down the field. Up 21 to 10, late second quarter. First and goal at the Cincinnati one with nine seconds left. 
after a somewhat suspect P.I. on Cincinnati. Not that Eli Apple didn't correctly hold Tyreek Hill, but the ball landed in like that yellow marker yards behind the end zone. Jeff, you had as much chance of catching that football as Tyreek Hill did. But apparently we're not, ca- we're not calling uncatchable anymore. So it's first and goal at the Cincinnati one. Nine seconds left in the second quarter. But remember, now at this point, zero timeouts left for the Kansas City Chiefs, one of which needlessly burned by Andy Reid earlier when all he had to do was challenge. First an incomplete pass. Then with five seconds left, second and goal at the one. Inexplicably up 21 to 10, Mahomes to Tyreek in the field of play, stopped by Eli Apple, and it remains 21 to 10 going into the half. How many of you at that moment said, uh oh, like that never comes back to haunt teams? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Because you're like, oh, well, Kansas City gets the ball first in the second half. They're crushing them anyway. I mean, how bad can that be? Oh boy, could it be bad. Second half. Cincinnati gets a stop on Kansas, uh, on Kansas City after uh, the Chiefs get one first down to start the third quarter, that first drive. Then Burrow to Higgins for 44 yards, and you're like, oh, my God, is this happening? But then the Chiefs stop the Bengals, so still 21-10. to 10. Chiefs, though, get stopped again after one first down. Bengals matriculate, get a 31-yard field goal. It's 21-13. to 13. Subsequent drive, second and three at the Kansas City 32, up 21 to 13, 223 left in the third quarter. Mahomes picked B.J. Hill at the line of scrimmage, and you're like, this cannot possibly be happening. It did happen. Five plays later, touchdown and a two-point conversion, 11 points in under three minutes, and we're tied at 21 apiece. Oh, my goodness. Nah, this can't happen. Can't happen. Then another Chiefs three and out, capped by a sack of Mahomes to start the fourth quarter. Burrow then, first play ensuing possession. He gets picked on a terribly underthrown pass, gets picked by Legereus Sneed. And you're like, that was the Bengals' chance. My goodness, they had the ball with the game tied, and Burrow throws his worst pass of the day. Surely this is it. But the Chiefs with another three and out, capped by a sack of Mahomes. At this point, the Chiefs have 34 yards of offense in the second half. We're well into the fourth quarter. And then the Bengals take the lead. Second down and six at their own 24, 11.52 left. Burrow throws a terrible pass on what should have been a throwaway. Kansas City linebacker Nick Bolton just flat out drops it. Keeps the game tied, keeps Cincinnati with the ball. Because then, on third and six, the next play, Burrow avoids Chris Jones, picks up seven. The chains move. First down, three plays later, third and seven. At the Cincinnati 34, 9.35 left. Burrow runs for 11. Five plays later, McPherson, 52-yarder. Evan McPherson does not miss field goals. And Cincinnati takes the lead 24-21, to 21 unanswered points. 6.04 left in the game. Remember, Kansas City at this point in the second half, 34 yards and two first downs of second-half offense. But by the two-minute warning, just on this next drive alone, the Chiefs had gone 60 yards and it was first and goal at the 15. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, what a comeback by the Chiefs. I mean, by the uh, Bengals. Too bad it's not going to hold because the Chiefs, just like that, have a first and goal at the 15. Whew, what a nice story this would have been. By the way, before the two-minute warning, the Chiefs run down the clock to the two-minute warning. Don't, play, don't run another play. 
That happened in the second game, too. Two, both teams played it well on offense. Kansas City had not scored a point since the 5.04 mark left in the second quarter at this point. Again, down 24-21. Then Mahomes goes out of bounds on both first and second downs to stop the clock twice inside the two-minute warning. That also a bit brain dead. That didn't get an, an, not enough was made of. Why are you stopping the clock? But he gets away with it when Kelsey just gets the first down on third on a flip pass, and it's first and goal for the Chiefs. Second and goal at the Cincinnati four. Cincinnati now out of timeouts, 126 left. Tony Romo on the broadcast suggested the Bengals might want to let the Chiefs score in order to get the ball down 28 to 24 with about 90 seconds to play. What are you saying? This is a bad day for Tony Romo. Mahomes sacked by Sam Hubbard, five-yard loss. Then it's third and goal at the Cincinnati nine. Remember, the Chiefs down three here. Mahomes sacked by Hubbard again, this time for 17 yards. Mahomes just kept scrambling. You thought somebody would come open. Nobody did. Hubbard gets the sack. By the way, he fumbles. Fumble luck for the Chiefs. Joe Tooney, the guard, recovers. Romo wrong again. Said it was bad that Mahomes took the sack. No, it was better than throwing an incomplete pass and stopping the clock. By the way, the dumbest thing was that they should have run on second down. What are they doing throwing on every down down there? Run the clock down. Butker, 44-yarder to force overtime, bails out the Chiefs momentarily. It's 24-24. We're going to overtime, and again, another coin flip to decide this. And you're thinking to yourself, even those of us who didn't hate overtime rules, I said last week, I said I, I never hated them until last week because you knew whoever, whoever won the coin flip between the Bills and the Chiefs was going to win that game. Chiefs won it. They matriculated. They won. Here again, the Chiefs win the coin flip. You're like, oh, God. Eleven times the team that won the coin flip in the postseason won the game. Ten, they're 10-1 straight up historically. The team that wins the coin flip in postseason play with seven on the very first possession. You know the Chiefs are going to win this. Dear God, it's over again. But no, second play of overtime, Mahomes throws it way behind Hardman. Eli Apple drops it, flat out drops it. Could have been a pick six, would have put the Bengals immediately in field goal possession, in field goal position rather. Next play though, Von Bell does pick off Patrick Mahomes deep. Patrick Mahomes deep. Von Bell picks it off on a carom. Jesse Bates made the deflection. And the Bengals now had the football. All they needed was a field goal. Sure enough, six plays later, second and three at the Kansas City 25. 11-26 left in overtime. Mixing for 13 yards. And it looks like, oh, my God, this is going to be easy for the Bengals. But he appears to let go of the football untouched and a clear Kansas City recovery. And for those of us watching in the moment, for those of us who are paying attention, you're like, oh, my God, that's a fumble. Challenge this. But... You cannot challenge in overtime if you're a head coach in the National Football League. I think that was, confu that was confusing to everybody because neither Jim Nance nor Tony Romo had any idea what was happening in this moment. Terry McCauley, who they went to for help, said that it looked like Andy Reid looked to challenge illegal formation on offense because, you know, that's a challenge that people do. That's obviously not reviewable. Reid really did want to challenge the mix and drop of the ball untouched, but again, officials... That needs to come from the booth. An official said that Mixon gave himself up, therefore no review. I guess. Because no one on the broadcast team mentioned anything about it, either then or in the postgame show. Three plays later, McPherson, 31-yarder. Cincinnati goes to the Super Bowl. What a job by their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo. 
It's the second time the Bengals hold the Chiefs to three points after halftime. Burrow with a chance to win a title, Jeff, with Ed Orgeron and Zach Taylor. Oh, my God. Seventh quarterback to start in a Super Bowl in his first or second season. The first overall number one pick to do so in his first couple seasons. The 21-3 comebacks, the largest in conference championship history. They were 4-11-1 last season. The Bengals were. That's the tie. That's a tie, rather, for the fewest wins by any team the year before going to the Super Bowl. It's a tie for the second large, excuse me, the second largest comeback on the road in playoff history. Their 203 winning percentage two seasons preceding the Super Bowl is the worst ever. Their win total was six and a half. What a performance by the Cincinnati Bengals. Thoughts on it and more. And game two. Next, it's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the big game 13 days away, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state of the art technology, and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This is from The Better Life on Twitter. We get tweets. If KC goes down and wins via touchdown in overtime, do you think the NFL would have reconsidered overtime rules? Yes, 100%. I think if they had done that and it had happened on consecutive weeks, both against the Bills and against the Bengals, we absolutely would have compl- we would have absolutely changed overtime rules because it would have left such a empty sort of non how can i put this just non commensurate with what we just not commensurate with the football we had seen the previous 60 minutes like how could you how could a team in consecutive weeks lose so just suddenly, without getting a chance to get on the football field in consecutive postseason games. And the fact that it would have happened in favor of the Chiefs both times would have, uh, would have been an assist to that because people really would have been up in arms about it. Not that they're saying anything nefarious happened, but it just been like, really? 
Here's a tweet from Scott Kazmar, who used to be with uh, Football Outsiders. These are the last five coaches to lose a playoff game with 18-plus point leads. 2021, Reed. 2017, Reed. 2013, Reed. And the last five coaches to lose a playoff game with a 10-plus point fourth quarter lead. 2017, Reed. Yeah. I'm sensing a pattern. Just ask you this, Jeff. Let's go to legacies here for a second. Can we do a little sports talk radio here for a second? Andy Reid has won one. He got to one Super Bowl with the Eagles. And he's won one Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think everybody, everybody considers him to be a great coach. But what happened at the end of the first half yesterday, that's the thing that has plagued him forever, right? And you see it in these comebacks, you know, in these, in these big leads that have all gone by the wayside. If you don't know how to manage the clock, right, if you don't know how to manage time, that's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen five times, but it has. Four, to be exact. Three by 18, another one by 10 in the fourth quarter. And, and remember Bill Simmons used to say this. Remember his old, his old uh, gag with Andy Reid was, Andy Reid should be the coach up until the two-minute warning, and then they should go to the bullpen. Like they should, jo- they should have Andy Reid jog off the field <laughs> and bring somebody in to manage the last two minutes of each half. This is, this is right up in his Mount Rushmore of stains. And so when you look back, like, I mean, he's still a coach, but right now when you think Andy Reid, what's your topic sentence on his career? That or the years of sustained success? You know, it's it, it's it, Gil. It's strange because I still consider him a Hall of Fame coach, but he's an underachiever in the grand scheme of things. With all those, all those NFC Championship games in a row that they made in Philadelphia, with most of them at home, and now this. And look, in Kansas City alone, obviously you just went through it. The historic collapse in Indianapolis kicked the whole tenure off, and then. The loss to Marcus Mariota's Tennessee oh, that team was, 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 was probably, <laughs> again, all things considered, yesterday was probably the worst just because of the stakes and what round yes. it, it came in yes. and the way that it happened. But the Mariota loss, that Tennessee team was legitimately bad. We'll never and forget they blew that an 18-point lead to that team. Yes, we'll never forget that game. But this, you're right, given the stakes, yesterday was the biggest of the bunch. And what about the Chiefs then? Let's talk about the Chiefs for a second. The Chiefs, who hosted four consecutive AFC championships, and now in those four years will have gotten to two Super Bowls, will have one only one. We were talking about this last week about, hey, this is why it sucks so bad for the Bills. Like, you don't know. You just don't know when your next opportunity is coming. I talk about Dan Marino all the time. Dan Marino got to the Super Bowls before your time, Jeff. But Dan Marino, who threw 48 touchdown passes his second year in the league, 48 was unheard of. They get to the Super Bowl. They lose to the Niners. You're like, well, he'll be back. Never got back. And there's so many stories like that in the NFL. How about the Chiefs, though? We just assume they're going to be great every year with Patrick Mahomes. One Super Bowl. Remember, two decades of Hall of Fame quarterbacking for the Packers. One Super Bowl for Favre. One Super Bowl victory. One Super Bowl victory for Aaron Rodgers thus far. That's why I'm saying San Francisco they made the most of it, right? When they had Joe Montana and Steve Young, they won five titles in 21 years. I was joking. I was in San Francisco, and they had the they had the audacity to hate on Jeff Garcia because he only made three Pro Bowls. God, this guy sucks. 
most spoiled fan base ever. That's nice, right? To have five Super Bowl titles and then to just be like, oh, this guy's not very good. But they're the exception, man. This doesn't typically happen. So now how do you feel about the Chiefs? I mean, they're still going to be live every year that Mahomes is there. It just, again, Gil, it just proves just how difficult it is to win consistently in this league. And, again, it just proves how big of an anomaly what New England did. What New England did is the most impressive feed in all sports, that they just continually made the AFC championship game, continually made the Super Bowl, and when Eli Manning wasn't on the other side, continually won the Super Bowl when they got there. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice job by us on the Tom Brady thing, by the way, last week. Yeah, uh, the uh, that's still that reporting's still going to be right. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't retired. think that was supposed to get out when it no. got out. I, if I were Tom Brady, I'd want to say it myself too. Here's the other way to look at this game yesterday, and we'll get to game two between the Rams and the Niners. Of course, we'll do the blow by blow on that coming up as well. First of all, that last part, that whole thing with the fumble, in where we're getting Mixon runs the ball. He puts the ball on the ground. I'm not sure if replay would have held that up or not, right? I'm not sure because when you looked at the replay, you couldn't really tell if anyone on the Chiefs touched him or not. So I'm not sure it would have been a thing or not. But the notion that a coach can't challenge that and that nothing came down from the booth, but how about the malpractice in the booth of never mentioning it? We were all over that at that moment. Nothing. Now let me just also say this. That would have sucked royally, technical term, if an AFC championship result had had swayed on that too. So, like, part of me is happy, right, that nothing happened there. Because that would have really been, oh, the Chiefs went on a technicality kind of thing. So here's the other question now. In retrospect, let's just talk about the AFC since we just talked about the AFC game. How are you feeling right now, Jeff, this morning, if you're the Buffalo Bills having had this team done with 13 seconds left and obviously given up the 44 yards and 10 seconds to Mahomes, the rest is history, losing an overtime on the coin flip. And let me just take it one week further. How would you, further back, how would you feel if you're the Tennessee Titans right now and you had the ball on your racket to beat this Bengals team and to eliminate them? And then you threw the ball in coverage, it bounced up in the air, and of course, because you have Tannehill luck, it gets picked. Oh, the regret. Tennessee, I still think, would have lost yesterday. Yeah, you can't say that, though. Yeah, I, I think they would have. I know, you can, I know you're saying I, that, but you can't say that with any certainty. Sure, sure I can. No, you can't. But, uh, yeah, but with Buffalo. Know, here's with, the only thing we know. We know nothing. But with Buff, I will say this with Buffalo, because everyone screamed and yelled all week about how the overtime rules are unfair and all that thing is. And I understand Kansas City was a totally different team than they were at the end of this game yesterday than they were at the end of the Buffalo game. But Cincinnati got the stop, and your vaunted number one defense did not. So, yeah, it, it, it you feel horrible if you're a Bills backer, Bills better. But guess what? Cincinnati made the plays, and Buffalo did not at the end. Oh, no question. No doubt. But the fact that you had – I mean, the fact that <laughs> – 13 seconds, Gil. Uh, 13 seconds. I'm telling you, I'll stick by what I said a week ago. That's, and I know we have the Patriots with a Malcolm Butler pick on Russell Wilson, and I know we have the Falcons losing the 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. But that loss by the Bills is up there as the most gut-wrenching loss in the history of the National Football League. 
especially now after, oh, man, after that game. And the Cincinnati Bengals, congratulations to all of you who had Bengals tickets of any kind getting to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow headed to the uh, to the Super Bowl two years after winning the national championship with a torn ACL in between. That's why they only went for 11-1 last year. 2-14 and 14 the year before. Again, a 203 winning percentage combined the previous two years, the lowest of any team in the previous two years before they get to the Super Bowl. Only other thing about this game. See the halftime show? Tremendous television, Gil. <laughs> That's the greatest thing ever. First of all, let me just say this at my uh, advanced age. I have no ideas who Walker Hayes is or what the song Fancy Like is, but that blaring over the CBS halftime show was tremendous. And how about Ashanti, the choice to sing the national anthem? They might as well have gotten Ja Rule to rap the national anthem. Like, wh- why did we get Ashanti to do it? And they gave her this whole resume before the game, too. Did her mic go out, or did her low notes just not register on the PA system? What a disaster. We'll do the Rams and the Niners. Wes Reynolds joins us next, though. It's Beeson's Numbers Game. A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Getting ready to watch the big game? We want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. On Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VSIN.com. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. That's the other thing, Jeff. Last thing about that game. I don't know if it's the last thing, but another thing about that game. You know, we're sitting here busting on Andy Reid. I also have in my notes here, right, I'm like, add that to the uh, to the Andy Reid reel. I also put down in the note, I'm like, and to the Eric Bieniemy not getting another job reel. I know that's our buddy Mike Pritchard's buddy, but it's like, that can't help that candidacy, can it? Doesn't help, that's for sure. Doesn't help. Doesn't help, that's for sure, as you say. Wes Reynolds is the glue that holds this whole operation together. He's the co-host of Long Shots and the co-host of many a show here on the network. You can follow him at Wes Reynolds 1. That's number one. Good morning to you, Wes. Good morning, Gil. Thanks for having me. Hey, how'd it go for you yesterday, both of those games, betting-wise? Went okay. Ended up a little bit even. Uh, the first game actually kind of split two plays. Uh, got the under there, but lost the first quarter. And I talked about on VEASAN all week about Bill Vinovich being the referee. It's like, now I needed Bill Vinovich to throw a flag because I kind of praised him because he didn't throw flags really all season long. And he throws the least amount of penalties of any crew in the NFL. But I thought when you saw how the game played out, And what I was referring to is the end of the first quarter where there are a couple defensive holdings or DPIs that could have been called that might have gotten the Bengals on the board in that first 15 minutes that didn't happen. But he officiated the game, I thought, like he usually does. And if you look at what he does really for a long sample size, I think over the last five years, games he's officiated have gone under the total 62% of the time. And look, I don't, I often say, don't use trends as your friends, treat them as your acquaintances, but there's that sample size. And one of the things I liked about it, Gil, is it was consistent. It wasn't like, well, I'm missing the calls on one side, 
but I'm going to give them on the other side. So it was kind of nice to see really in both games. I'll credit Carl Sheppers for the NFC title game only through eight penalties. Vinovich's crew only through six penalties. So, you know, when it gets this late in the season, it's kind of nice that the officiating crew stays out of the way. And hopefully Ron Torbert does for the Super Bowl as well. Hopefully so, man. Hopefully so. Um, he, uh, let's, let's, let's project forward to the Super Bowl. Bengals and the Rams. We haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Rams were favored by four. It's now three and a half. What's your instinct on this? Yeah, and and I think if you're evaluating this game, if you're one of those folks that believes, hey, football, this game is one in the trenches, then you're going to like the Rams here. And I'll give you a couple numbers that will back that up. If you look at pass rush win rate, the Los Angeles Rams number one in the NFL. If you look at Cincinnati pass block against that pass rush win rate, Cincinnati is 30th in the NFL. If you look at Cincinnati on the other side in terms of the pass rush, number 25 in the NFL, Rams number one in pass blocking. The running uh, game, uh, the the, uh, numbers are a little more narrow, but Rams and the run block win rate are number 12. Cincinnati stopping the run, 25. So, the, there is, there appears to be, at least on the surface, a mismatch between the offensive and defensive lines for both of these teams, and that's why I think the Rams are the justifiable favorite. Anything with the total, 54-and-a-half? Looks about right. I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit more because kind of what you saw with Cincinnati yesterday, they weren't really getting home. They finally got home to Mahomes in the second half, which I think really changed the tone and tenor of the game because – You know, they were putting the Chiefs in third and long and second and long because that was the whole key of the first half. The Bengals would run on first down, I think, way too much, and they would be second and eight, second and nine, second and ten. Meanwhile, the Chiefs would get these little four- and five-yard plays on first down and continue to move the chains. But once they were able to get to him, then all of a sudden you had Kansas City in those third and eights, and that's a different team when they're in that down and distance. That, that stat you threw out, you know, the Rams first in pass rush win rate, the Bengals 30th in pass block win rate. I mean, obviously that's the mismatch on paper. We're going to have two weeks, right, to bat this game around. Uh, obviously talk about props as well. What percentage of your bets usually end up being props versus side or total? A whole bunch more, I would Probably. imagine. Yeah, probably at least 75% because there's just only so many ways you can bet this game from like a derivative standpoint, even if you're not going full game side or total where you're betting first half or you're betting first quarter or eventually if you make a halftime play, you're betting second half. And that's what helped me out a little bit yesterday when I was on the green zone with Dave Ross. I said, okay, Bengals and under here, I think what happened at the end of the first half is going to give the Bengals hope. And that's the last thing that you wanted to do because there were five seconds left to go. I didn't mind necessarily running a play there, but that ball's got to be out in a hurry or that's got to be spiked into the ground. And you've got to save time to get that three because honestly, if Kansas City gets that three, maybe that game ends up 41-17 or 41 yeah. I think it changed the whole tone and the whole tempo of the game, and it gave Cincinnati hope going into that locker room. That's the thing about football, man. We can't prove that kind of thing, but, uh, you know, we've watched enough football to know games turn on that kind of sequence. And, yeah, you're right. He either throws it quick, he throws it in the ground, or he throws it in the end zone. You can't throw it in the field of play. You just can't do that how he did. And that obviously was the uh, the turning point, as it turns out, of the, of the entire football game. 
Um, but what I was getting to with that stat, again, the, the Rams first, uh, I want to get the language right because ESPN threw this up last night, first in pass rush win rate, the Bengals 30th in pass block win rate. Yeah, on paper, that's the mismatch. But, like, there was entire swaths of that game yesterday between the Rams and the Niners. This will get lost. Where Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller, like, you didn't even hear their names, right? Like, there was, a, there was a massive portion of that game where they were sort of non-existent. And so I'm wondering, even when I hear a stat like that, don't you just get the feeling Joe Burrow knows how to counter everything now? Like, he's like, okay, do whatever you want to do. I know we're weak up front. I figured out a way to play with my weak front. Well, and and that was the story, I think, really, of the second half because there were times he was dead to rights, and he absolutely was able to escape. I mean, I don't know if he had a sticky substance or some kind of gel on his jersey, but he was very slippery. And the Chiefs had him, and he was able to get out of that pocket, and Joe Burrow on the run, very dangerous, that pass he hit to Chase that put them into the red zone uh, in the uh, late in the third quarter. And that just kind of changed the whole deal because the Chiefs couldn't get that pressure. Now, can the Rams go ahead and take advantage of that? Because when they pressured Jimmy G yesterday, I think Jimmy G was like uh, the numbers, I think, were 2 of 10 for 33 yards. And then, of course, the uh, late game interception that cinched it for the Rams. But you're right. There were some times where it's like, well, we're not hearing these guys. You know, the 49ers are able to kind of operate their offense without a lot of pressure. But when they got to him, obviously, the better result. But Burrow is a little bit of a different animal, as we saw in the second half. I just want to do a, uh, like 60 seconds on each of these other things beyond the football game this weekend that I know you must have uh, been keen on. One, the, uh, the Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines. Luke List wins it. Uh, in a amazing finish, Will Zalatoris was involved. John Rahm was involved. Jason Day had an eagle late that looked like he might win it. Um, should we have Wednesday to Saturday golf every championship and Super Bowl weekend from now on? Yeah, I would mind it a couple more weekends either. Yeah. Uh, certainly it helps me in terms of uh, getting all my stuff, my column, and all my preparation and my research done sooner rather than later. But, yeah, it was a great finish. Both the guys end up in the same fairway bunker, like literally about inches apart. And Luke List realizes, well, I'm, I haven't been a great putter my whole career, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to knock it stiff on that par <laughs> five. And yeah. that's really what hurt Zalatoris. He probably should have won the tournament. But a lot of these young guys you see, Gil, they struggle with the putter, I think, when they get those first couple opportunities to win these events. Yeah, I'm, uh, Matt Brown, my co-host on Primetime Action, he had List 80-1 to one pre-flop. So good on him for having that. It, go, betting golf is nirvana, man. It is it is spectacular to have someone involved late. Uh, and then the other thing yesterday, before the football started real quick, uh, Ohio State-Purdue. Purdue was up 20, and E.J. Liddell and Ohio State just stormed back, actually tied the game before Ivy hit the game winner. But do you look at a team like the Boilermakers and say to yourself, I cannot trust that team come big dance? I still like this team, Gil, but one of the things that worries me that I didn't anticipate for this season, number one, they're number one in adjusted offensive efficiency, but they've sacrificed defense for that. So they are 90th nationally, which means they're near the bottom of the Big Ten. This Purdue team, that's what we've always known about Matt Painter, Gil, is that his team's guard, kind of that old slogan Purdue had is, defense lives here in West Lafayette. It has not been doing so this year, and they just can't 
can't guard. They can't guard guys off the bounce. They're slow recovering on screens. And, you know, one thing for Purdue, though, Matt Painter's going to have to take the reins off Jaden Ivey. You've got a very special talent that's going to be a lottery pick come June. You got to let him go one on one sometimes. And sometimes Matt likes to keep his guards too much within the structure of the offense. He is the offense. You got to let him go. Wes, the Shanti and Brandy yesterday. What do you say about that as we leave here? Well, Brandy's sound was a little bit better. CBS had some rough patches with the sound yesterday. I think the old producer, Frank Cherkinian, would have made those guys leave the stadium <laughs> immediately for some of the production issues they had yesterday. Thank you, Wes. Rams, Niners Thank next. You. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget that BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. And if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. If a three-pointer is made in the game, you wager on eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer all promotion subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Want to relive the Rams and the Niners? Let's do that. Quick, quick housekeeping, real quick here oh, for I like you. housekeeping. Uh, a few things, coaching wire wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jaguars, as of this morning, interviewing Rich Bisaccia. So it seems that the Byron Leftwich thing is uh, might be out the window there for Jacksonville. Which heck of a choice picking Trent Balky over anyone at this point. And going Bisaccia f- with Trent Lawrence. With uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, again, uh, not 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 a not not yet a done deal, but at least an intriguing name that popped up there, interview wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints interviewing Brian Flores today. Okay. So that's Glenn Flores and Allen, really the three that are separating themselves there. See, I thought Allen was a lock to get that one. Yeah, I I still think he is. Yeah. But interesting that Flores, who seemingly has been passed over in a few spots, might uh. That might be the last one for him. And then uh, at the Brian Dable press conference, uh, Patrick Graham, who had been rumored 
to be in the mix for maybe some head coaching jobs going to stay as a defensive coordinator. And of course, Josh McDaniels this weekend becomes the head coach of Las Vegas Raiders. So another vacancy filled in the NFL. Niners, Rams, SoFi yesterday. First half, third and goal at the three for the uh, Rams at the Niners, 3-7-0-4 left of the first quarter. Second offensive drive of the game for the Rams, scoreless game. Stafford, pick, Jimmy Ward picks it on the bounce, returns at 23 yards. And you're figuring, oh boy, here, here the Niners are doing this again. Higby gets hurt. Akers gets hurt. Uh, Aaron Andrews said he was doubtful to return. He came right back. Uh, then later, Van Jefferson was questionable. So you're thinking, okay, the Niners get the pick. Rams having all these injuries. By the way, Drake Greenlaw was hurt for the Niners as well. But the, but the Rams score first. They're up 7 to nothing. down 7 to nothing. The Niners, 8-0-4 left in the second quarter, second and eight at their own 27. Jimmy G to Brandon Ayuk for 31. And Brandon Ayuk can't maintain his balance, and he goes out of bounds. And I'm like, oh, my God. Stay in bounds, Ayuk. Doesn't matter. Two plays later, Debo, 44 yards, almost all on yak, 7-7. I'll say it again. We've said it before. Debo Samuel is the literal MVP of the NFL season. Like, literally, you take that dude off that team. I don't know what they are. What a player. Subsequent Rams drive, 7-7. Seven to seven. Clear delay of game goes uncalled on a successful 39 conversion to OBJ from their own 24 with 531 left in the half. Uh, every team needs to coach their guys to do what Jason Pierre-Paul did on the Bucks last week. Do you remember that, Jeff? If it goes down to zero, jump the line, force the referee's hand, Enough with these delay of games that don't get called. The Rams had about three of them yesterday that didn't get called, felt like. 531 left in the half, so they convert that to OBJ on the uh, on the play clock going down to zero. Then, uh, <laughs> I knew I'm going to mess this up. How do you pronounce his name? Skaranek? Is that the receiver's name? On uh, primetime action, we joke, we're like, Skaravich and Esteen. We never pronounce I think it's Skaranich. Right. Skaranich. Thank you, yeah. Jeff. Thank God you're here. Skaranich. Skaranich drops a short touchdown pl- pl- uh, pass six plays later. Same drive. And three plays later, Matt Gay misses badly from 54. Matt Gay with as many misses in this postseason, two, as he did the entire regular season. How about that? Both kicks were short. Well, this one was this 54. This one was wide as well, but it was short as well. Yeah, but this one was 54. The 47-yarder in perfect weather last week that was three yards short. That is a whole other story. Uh, Gay with, again, two misses in the playoffs, as many as he's missed the entire regular season. San Francisco goes downfield, 7-7 game. Robbie Gold, 38-yard field goal. He's 21 for 21 in his postseason career. 10-7 Niners. And by the way, let me just say this for all the Jimmy G hate and all the Jimmy G criticism. Jimmy G over the middle, Jeff, passing over the middle is about as sweet as it gets. He can hit receivers over the middle, and he did it all game. He did it on that drive. Only problem is when you uh, when he throws to the sidelines or he has to roll out, God help you at that point. But over the middle, he's fine. By the way, Stafford in the first half got destroyed in the back of the head on his pick by Fred Warner, uncalled. Hit hard by Kevin Givens on another play. Bent backwards by Samson Ebukam on a third play. 10-7 Niners into the locker room at halftime. Despite the Rams having a 20-minute and 19-second to 9-minute and 41 advantage in time of possession. We go to the second half. Niners punted on 4th and 9 at the Rams 42, up 10-7. 10-55 left third quarter. you have any problem with that, Jeff? Punting 4th and 9 at the Rams 42, 
up 10-55, left third quarter. That was not the one I had the bigger problem It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, Rams, fourth and one at the San Francisco 43, then down 10-7. to After a third and one incompletion, Stafford fails to convert on a sneak. Even sneaks don't work sometimes, boys and girls. Sean McVay challenges it and challenges it irresponsibly. Niners then go on a 10-play 57-yard drive and included a third and five conversion to Ayuk for 14 and a third and 10 conversion at the Rams 26 to Juwan Johnson for 11 where he fought for the first down and then Jimmy G to Kittle for 16 yards, capping it off 17-7 Niners. And you're looking in the crowd, you're like, this is at least 50-50, maybe Niners crowd but at least 50-50. People on scene said it was pretty close to uh, half and half. Then the Rams waste a second timeout, the closing seconds of the third quarter, down 17-7, to when it looks like the plate clock's going to go down to zero, and Sean McVay frantically calls timeout. Just take the penalty, McVay. Spends another timeout. First and 10 at the San Francisco 40, down 10. Just take the penalty. Four plays later, though, no matter. Part of a seven-play, 75-yard drive ending in Stafford to cup for 11 yards, 17-14 to 14 Niners. And that was the point in the game where you're like, are Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller even playing? Subsequent drive, second and one for the Niners at the Rams, 44, 11-23 left. Mitchell loses a yard. Weddle makes the play. Third and two at the Rams, 45, 10-42 left. Niners up three. Use check, no gain. McVay challenges a non-fumble ruling where Donald picked up the football and just casually threw it down. McVay loses the challenge. 0 for 2 in challenges, out of timeouts with that third one that he shouldn't have called, out of timeouts, out of challenges, and wow, what a horrible challenge once we got to see that replay. You check clearly down, clearly letting go of the ball once it hit the ground. Fourth and two with 10-01 left at the Rams, 45. San Francisco tries to draw the Rams offside on the next play. They do not. They punt. That's the one you hated. That whole sequence was infuriating from every perspective. <laughs> from both because, sides. Because McVay wasting his time out oh. on a challenge that had no chance. Oh. And then, because San Francisco is ready to punt on fourth and two anyway, which was a horrible decision to begin with. And then doing what they did was even worse. It was just... Kyle Shanahan is a, is a good football coach, but in big spots, he just he's ch- he chokes for whatever reason as a coach, Gil. He just does. First play, next drive, Stafford, desperation throw downfield. No one's open. Jaquiski Tart just flat out drops it. Oh, God. That, and we have no way of proving this, but that might have been the difference between the Niners going to the Super Bowl and the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Next play, OBJ downfield, add on 15 yards for unnecessary roughness. Three plays later, the Rams convert a third and 10 at the San Francisco 41 with 8.50 left to cup once again. Gets him in field goal range. Ultimately a gay 40-yarder, 17-17. Then maybe the six worst plays in San Francisco 49ers for the entire 49ers season. A horrific three and out by the Niners right after that. That included the terrifying Jimmy G rollout on second down that Jalen Ramsey should have picked. Two incompletes and a delay otherwise on that sequence. At least three delays, I said, on the Rams in this game that went uncalled, including the second play on the next drive. Stafford to cup for 25 on third and three at the San Francisco 37 is the key play of it all. Sony Michelle runs on the next play, stuffed. And then on the north side of the, the two-minute warning, Kyle Shanahan just lets 33 seconds tick off the clock. 
and it goes to the two-minute warning. He had all three timeouts available to him. But he gets bailed out because Ebucom sacks Stafford on second down, first play after the two-minute warning. That leads to a gay 30-yarder, 20-17, to 17, Rams 149 left, and then you know what happens. The Rams making up a 10-point deficit, the biggest in championship game history, but San Francisco on first down incomplete. Second down pass, three-yard loss. Third down ensuing drive, Jimmy G under pressure, pitches it backhand, too high for Jamichael Hasty. picked by Traven Howard, ball game. McVay wins despite coaching two horrific games in a row. Oh, goodness. Bengals, Rams, Super Bowl 56. We'll talk about that one. But first, JVT, his thoughts, and a little basketball with him as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.